Coming up on Podcast 1898, confirmed future for BMW's mini brand in the UK. Tesla Model 3, new one, lines up for European exports and some updates to the Rivian. Stick around. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 11th of September. Martin Lee here. I've been through every EV story over the past 24 hours so that you don't have to. And we go live at 5pm UK. That's midday Eastern. Uh, the Briefly show, which is four minutes long. And if you haven't got time for the full podcast or you want to listen to that earlier in the day, that comes out at midday each day for a little hint of what's happening in the main podcast and also give you the option if you haven't got time to listen to the full thing uh, look out for briefly in your feed patreon supporters though get all of that as soon as it's ready and ad free be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes 22 years marking 9 11 today didn't want the podcast to go by without at least a mention for my american listeners to say that we are thinking of you as always your friends across the atlantic and what was a dark day in your history any attempt at extremism is always a, a dark time it happens all around the world all the time um doesn't it i'm not ranking atrocities by the number of people uh, that are lost but of course that was one that it sticks in the mind because well we still face extremism today and perhaps it's always a reminder if anything lives on from that that's being a moderate having an opinion but being open to say well this is how i see the world but i might be wrong let's talk about it i think is the way uh, forward we should always try and fight extremism wherever we find it whether it's that or trying to overthrow democracy whatever happens then uh, don't want today to go past uh, without a mention for that we're thinking of you as we always do your friends across the atlantic here in the uk let's kick off with news about some good news from the uk bmw is set to announce a 600 million pound investment in the mini factory near oxford to facilitate the adaption of the factory to produce the next gen electric mini cooper mini aceman and the current mini electric will soon be phased out in oxford making way for the new ones the upcoming electric mini cooper and aceman are on a fresh platform a collaboration between bmw and the Chinese partner there, Great Wall Motors. Now, those EVs will start to be made in China to begin with, and they will be made in Oxford from 2026. A great bit of news for this country. Uh, The birthplace of Mini, of course, but it looked like we were losing Mini. Uh, £57 million has been thrown in by the government. That always sweetens the deal, doesn't it? And uh, from the Advanced Propulsion Fund. And as of now, no official word on who supplies the batteries for those new Minis. Uh, BMW's partners are Samsung and CATL. I don't think that's going to change in the future, so probably one of those. BMW planned to shift the production of the electric minis entirely to China. Uh, the decision had caused concern that the British automotive sector was in a terminal decline. Kind of ironic, though, for a brand like Mini that leans so heavily into its iconic British branding and heritage, even Union Jack headlights. Uh, the production of the Electric Mini began back in 2019, for those that are interested. Uh, With this recent decision, the majority of the UK's large-scale production facilities are now secured with some sort of EV future. No word on Toyota and their Berniston factory uh, long-term, but and also no startups, importantly, coming here, like Tesla haven't announced uh, you know, a base in the UK. But still, BMW's decision comes on hot on the heels of Tata and their £4 billion pledge to the UK, in addition to Nissan and their Chinese battery uh, partner AESC and their Sunderland investment. That's the northeast of this country, if they don't know the, the geography of it. Stellantis, I mentioned last week on the pod, uh, the parent company of Vauxhall, Opel, Peugeot, etc., commenced production of their commercial EV vehicles at Ellesmere, 
Port and Ford are making big strides in the EV sector. £380 million being vested in their Halewood plant uh, to become a big EV component site for those EVs made over in Germany. So I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes, but a really positive bit of EV news to kick off your week. We like that, don't we? A good bit of positive news. Now, Tesla's Model 3 Highlander is gearing up for its European market. A big number of them have been seen now in a parking lot in Shanghai. I love this because there's always multiple ways to look at a Tesla story. So some of these are saying that Highland production's begun already, you know, at a pace, and they can't wait to start getting them in the hands of customers. And then other websites that, are, that aren't pro-Tesla are like, wow, these cars are piling up in car parks already. They can't sell them. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've read that headline for like the last 10 years about Tesla. Yes, they have to store them somewhere <laughs> called car parks anyway. Uh, other than that, if you weren't Tesla, it's called a dealer. That's where the cars go, right? So anyway, uh, but uh, that's good news because the vehicles have been seen uh, with... EU logos on, leading to speculation that they're for the European market, almost certainly. But they'll take a while to get here. So will the first Tesla so-called Highland refresh ones actually be on the road in China or Europe? Well, the European ones are made, but they're going to sit on some car carriers now for a while. So maybe the first ones we'll see will be driving around in China. They say it's about 300 units a minute of the Model 3, uh, which is uh, 300 units a day, which is really interesting because what I thought, my understanding of how car production sometimes works is that you have a shutdown you retool the line you reopen it and then they're just making the refresh but by the look of it they are making the two concurrently they're making the old model 3 and the new model 3 on the same production line but as i've never worked in car production and i'm not an expert on that Clearly, it's it's possible, and it's the best way to do it for Tesla. Now, Tesla is also showcasing a right-hand drive version of the Model 3 because uh, they've been showing it off to their Japanese colleagues, and the Japanese Tesla configurator has been changed to indicate a delivery date of December 2023. The UK and Australia and the other right-hand drive models uh, markets still say there's a little banner, the pop-up banner at the top of the Tesla website as of 10 minutes ago when I checked, saying... Join our mailing list. We'll let you know when it's ready for the UK. So, massive news over the weekend. Tesla hit 50,000 superchargers globally in just over 10 years. A deployment of 50,000 superchargers worldwide is an incredible achievement in just over a decade. Important to note that that's stalls, that's chargers, not stations. Uh, there's 5,500 locations globally. Uh, but what does that tell you? 5,500 locations, 50,000 superchargers. Now, some have more, some have less. But that just tells you that they put lots of charges into each location. The expansion rate is accelerating 5,000 added since April of this year. Now, uh, I mentioned Rivian and the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer has been talking uh, to at a financial event, I gather, about some of the details, but some of the stuff I hadn't necessarily seen before or had reiterated recently. One of those things that they said was that the production will be 52,000 vehicles this year for Rivian. That's their target and they'll hit it, thanks to the Enduro Motors. Enduro is the name for the in-house developed motors by Rivian. That was what was causing some of the delays last year. Uh, these motors are now being used in the dual motor R1s, so the R1T, and also Amazon's EDV, the electric delivery van. The Enduro motors were a really important move for Rivian because of the semiconductor shortage uh, last year, 21, 22, uh, because these motors have far fewer semiconductor chips inside them. They're also made by two separate companies that supply Rivian. So again, some resilience there in your supply chain, which is what really, really killed 
Rivian uh, last year. Dual motor versions of the R1T, the R1S, uh, are in using these motors, allowing them to cut production costs by 25% and 35% on the Amazon vans as well, thanks to the LFP batteries. Now, they're also transitioning to a new architecture at Rivian, and I didn't, I didn't know this, so this was confirmed by the CFO. Uh, that is new ECUs and a few, far fewer parts in the vehicle overall by 60%. That's amazing, isn't it? That shows the, the rate of improvement at Rivian. Takes me back to when Tesla, I was reporting on Tesla all those years ago, and, and they were a younger company, and they were making these massive strides because the rate at which they were able to um, develop. And again, you know, as a, as a quick sidebar, I've seen plenty of criticism of the new Tesla Model 3 saying, look, this car's been out forever, and, and this is a... A little bit of a refresh. Tesla have lost their mojo. Um, Tesla haven't lost their mojo, by the way, is my opinion. Uh, They know exactly uh, what they are doing. But um, it's it's interesting that there's been so much pushback from some sections about how light the Model 3 refresh was. I think it's, it's a good thing because I've been looking at Model 3 prices. Haven't really gone down too much here, but it will push down the used market. And that sucks if you're selling a car, I know, but it's great news if you're going to go and buy one. So it makes them far more accessible, which is a story we'll get to later on the podcast. Anywho, let's drag this back into the lane that it's meant to be in, which is talking about Rivian. Uh, a big backlog of the R1S, which we knew, but the CFO confirmed that's the vehicle that yields the highest profit margins. So they're very happy to have a backlog of R1Ss. Talked about the R2s. So the R2S, the R2T, they're going to be starting at $40,000. They will be coming to European markets. The EDV is already being shipped to European markets, the Amazon delivery van. And I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to find out more. More good news to start your week. And Fisker is boosting production and speeding up their deliveries of their SUV, the Ocean. And starting this month in September, they're also expanding their retail delivery and service operations in North America and Europe. They have been making about 180 vehicles a day. I think that's going up to 300 vehicles. I say they're making. It's their production partner in Magna who make the vehicle. And they'll be at 300 a day by October. Also boosting deliveries to European countries, Austria, Belgium, Denmark, France, Germany, as well as the UK, Canada, and parts of the US. So if you've got a, a Fisker Ocean order, you could be getting a little update on your delivery or saying that your vehicle's gone into production. So far, they've made just over 3,000 vehicles. It's a slow start for Fisker, but come on, it's starting a car company, second time around. Uh, but they're doing a re- I think they're doing a great job. Now, I'm not saying that they've got haven't got work to do. I have a friend, and I haven't asked him if I'm allowed to tell this story, so I won't say his name, but I have a friend who bumped into the guy who runs Fiskarati. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I follow you. Uh, uh, in He was on holiday in America. And uh, What do you think of your new ocean? And he loves it. He said, yeah, but on a hot day, you've got to put a towel over the seats because they get too hot. And you're like, that's not normal, right? You can't. <laughs> They've got work to do. Uh, maybe change seat material supply. So it's not without fault. I understand that. But well done, Fisker, for raising your rate of production and just getting vehicles on the road. They've done so much work just to get to this stage. And you know I push back on prototypes, on concepts. Fisker recently talked about their next bazillion vehicles. I largely brushed over that because I just want to see them scale and iterate and scale and iterate and just get the ocean out there and in the hands of customers that people like you and I can drive these awesome electric vehicles. The Fisker Ocean 
One, the launch edition of the Extreme package, is just under $70,000. 113-kilowatt-hour battery pack, 106 usable, I think. Need to confirm. Uh, EPA range of 360 miles here in the UK. WLTP range of 440 miles. That's 707 kilometres. Different test cycles, of course. But in both cases, making it the longest-range electric SUV available. And talking of electric SUVs, the Cadillac Lyric. A very gorgeous, luxurious vehicle. I haven't shipped many of those yet. 102 kilowatt hour usable pack on that. A couple of drivetrain choices, rear wheel drive or all wheel drive. But if you've got the all wheel drive, you can now do an over the air update. A bit like Tesla have done many times over the years with the performance upgrade pack and even unlocking battery capacity. Uh, you can now, if you have a Lyric, spend $1,200. On the Velocity package, you buy it, I presume, on the app or in car. Uh, it downloads over the air and it is instantly available. Same horsepower, but a lot more torque to decrease your acceleration, your 0 to 60 times, uh, which goes down to 4.4 seconds. I'm not sure anybody who owns a Lyric is going to take them up on that. Maybe some. I don't think that's why you buy a Lyric. And admittedly, no one's really buying a Lyric. They can't make them quick enough. But I just don't think that's... That's that. It's that's not its thing. Its its thing is luxury and being cosseted and all those things. But hey, if that's for you, you might want to get some more performance in your Lyric. Stick around. Coming up, we'll talk about an electric Alpine. A new incentive from VW. And California shifting their EV Focus rebates. Stick around. Those stories and more are on the way. So, if you'd like to remove the adverts, you can by being a Patreon supporter. But you might have not heard of any ads if you listen on Patreon. Uh, you get your own RSS feed. But if you listen to the free feed, uh, sometimes there's ads, sometimes there's not. If you want to get rid of them, I go to Patreon, patreon.com slash daily to be a producer or an exec producer if you want to support my work here. This is how I earn a living now, uh, now that I've stopped all, all of my other stuff and it's really scary, but it's good scary and, and it's all good fun. Right, let's talk a little bit about Hyundai and LG boasting investment in Georgia, injecting an extra $2 billion into their battery cell production joint venture in Georgia, bringing their total joint venture investment to $4.3 billion announced over the weekend to establish a battery cell factory at the Hyundai Motor Group's Meta Plant America. It's in Bryan County. And the production capacity will be 30 gigawatt hours a year. They say expected to make about 300,000 electric vehicles. Well, if that's 30 gigawatt hours, 300,000 vehicles a year, that would be an average pack size of, even I can do these maths, 100 kilowatt hours, which is not the average battery pack size of a Hyundai or a Kia or a Genesis. So maybe that'd be a few more vehicles. Or maybe there's something else going on there. It's noteworthy that LG and SK are the battery collaborators for Hyundai, keeping it all very South Korean in the family. Now, Alpine, the performance fast bit of Renault, uh, they call their F1 team Alpine. and They don't really sell many Alpine road cars. It's all a branding thing, isn't it? But they're reintroducing their A310 or A310. Uh, I'm not massively familiar with Alpine. It's going to be an electric sports car, four seats, well, a two plus two, really. But they're really going to go for lightness. They want it to have that that kind of Lotus thing, if you like, although most Lotuses are two or three tons these days. Uh, but they want it to be, like, they call it the Alpine thing, the the light, the agile style, and the revamped A310. 
if that's what I meant to call it, amongst seven new pure electric vehicles from Alpine that they will roll out before 2030 by parent company Renault using their Alpine performance platform, the APP platform. Uh, the upcoming A110 Coupe will debut in 2027 as well. And I'll pop a link to Autocar in the show notes. Now, let's talk a little bit about VW introducing some rebates for Londoners. And this is all about the ULES, the Ultra Low Emission Zone. And it's been expanded and some of the newspapers have really leaned into this because there's a handful of residents who probably are you know, badly affected because they had really old polluting combustion cars. They're very unhappy. And it, it was an issue that was made to be bigger than it really is, undoubtedly affects some people who feel very strongly about it and were smashing the cameras. Because there's, there's, they've put cameras on all the roads into London. And so they're just the number plate recognition cameras. Uh, people have been kind of smashing them and destroying them. And uh, I don't know, it's all, it'll all die down as people get used to it. It's, it's to clear up the air in London. Other cities are following as well. Uh, but now they've expanded the ULES, the ultra-low emission zone, and Volkswagen have said actually they're going to offer some rebates to anybody who lives in that newly expanded area of up to £4,500 to buy one of their new ID electric vehicles. The uh, variety of Volkswagen models are available on offer. The rebate presented as a cash discount at the point of purchase with the rebate coming from Volkswagen to the dealer, I presume, as long as you're a resident in any one of the 32 London boroughs eligible for the Mayor of London's scrappage scheme. And from London to California, I mean, pretty same place really, aren't they? One is wet and cloudy and miserable all the time. And then we go to California. No, I, like, I used to live in London. I used to work in London for many years. It's a great city. I only jest, of course. But the weather is undoubtedly slightly different in California, where they're wrapping up their clean vehicle rebate project by the end of the year. I found this in South California's The Daily Bulletin. It's been operational for 13 years and given out $1.2 billion in rebates to promote EV adoption. But, you know, as I've had to report on many times over the years, the early adopters of electric vehicles are probably, you know, people buying Model S's and X's and the early ones, were not really the kind of people who needed a rebate. I mean, they took it but didn't really need it. So that money's going away and the California are going to prioritise low-income drivers. Hallelujah. Thank you. Exactly what they should be doing. Like, I don't really, I'm not a high-income earner, but we can make it work to have two EVs in the driveway. I don't need free money thrown at me. We took the we took the discounts when they were available here in the UK. But I didn't need it. Um, plenty of people really do to get rid of Old polluting combustion cars, they're not only uh, a rubbish cars, but also costing people money in maintenance to keep them on the road because they can't get a new car, but they've got to get to work. And so actually get them into an EV, much less disc- much less maintenance, much more reliable, so much cheaper to run as well. The kind of people that need electric vehicles are the ones that can least afford it. Well, under the new initiatives, eligible individuals based on income can receive up to $12,000 to trade in a, a, a dirty old gas burner for an electric vehicle. Those who aren't trading in an old vehicle but still meet the criteria can still get $7,500 in grants towards a new vehicle purchase. Let's go to Illinois next, where they've secured $2 billion from a Chinese battery manufacturer called Goshen. 
Now, they've chosen Illinois as the location for their $2 billion Giga factory. Production starts, well, I think in two or three years on this. The facility will generate 2,500 new jobs, and the governor there highlighted the significance of the investment, labelling it as a substantial new manufacturing investment in Illinois. The Giga factory will make lithium-ion battery cells, battery packs, and energy storage systems for the grid and home storage as well. The state kicked in $536 million of incentives. Holy moly. Neo are next in the news, and the EC6, that's their coupe SUV, on the market already, and they're launching the new one. So the old one was on the old platform, and the new one is on the new NT2.0 platform. Loads of updates. It's the last of their vehicles to come off their old platform. And again, the EC6, great SUV, right up against Tesla's Model Y and all those kind of vehicles, but obviously a lot cheaper. Battery swapping's a big deal for Neo. It joins their new NT2.0 platform with the LiDAR on top, the little bulge, and um, the camera set up on its roof. Front and tail light designs all aligning with the new recent Neo models as well. Dual electric motors on the Neo EC6, made by their own Neo's factory that they have in China in Hefei. And finally, I talked a lot about incentives, uh, you know, London and California this week. I thought, you know, I've got one or two minutes left on the podcast today. So I thought I'd have a look at the Inflation Reduction Act and just remind myself and maybe remind anyone listening about where the US is currently at. The Inflation Reduction Act introducing some modifications to what we always just call the EV tax credit. So let me just recap where we are, because it's changing in 2024. At the minute, MSRP, $55,000 or less for cars and 80 k for vans, SUVs and light trucks. But from 2024, worth mentioning, the credit is applied at the point of sale. So rather than mucking about with your tax returns for the following year, so you're out of pocket, etc., etc., it comes off the price of the vehicle. The dealer, I think, then files the paperwork with the government and then that's a price that comes off at the point of purchase for you, which I think is a great thing. Vehicles with battery components from foreign entities not eligible from 2024. So if you've got an eye on a vehicle with a battery that won't be compliant, reminder, get that vehicle this year. Previous restriction on automakers that made over 200,000 EVs, obviously that's all gone. That was a big subject around, um, around Tesla for a long time time until they hit it. Income limit for the eligible, and it's about 150k, I think, for single filers, and then it goes up. For the full $7,500 federal tax credit at the minute, uh, three, half of that, 3750 can be claimed if more than half of the battery is made or assembled in North America or Free Trade Partner. The other half is if at least 40% of the minerals, so graphite, lithium, cobalt, blah, 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 is from the US or Trade Allies. Uh, the used grant, always worth mentioning, by the way, a credit of up to 30% of the price capped at $4,000 and the MSRP must be $25,000, minimum two years old, and it can only be claimed once on a vehicle. And the the vehicles made are more than two years old, so a 2021 model year uh, vehicles bought before 2023 don't qualify, and you must go from a qualified dealer. They then report it to the IRS, and the tax break for home charging systems is extended as well to 2032. Retroactive, though, back to January of last year, if you had a charger fitted at home worth $1,000 or 30% of the system's purchase or installation cost. There you go, a little reminder of where we stand in the US on those uh, incentives, because I think it's a very attractive set of packages, but it's all changing all the time. I try and keep myself 
uh, availed of what's happening. And that's your podcast for today. Thank you so much to our premium partners. Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse. I use it all the time. I love it. Global Public Charging Made Simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, former guests of this podcast. They've got all the tools and they provide the guidance that EV drivers need. Check them out. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.